Hey, this is Pastor Michael Alfaro from The Calling Church. I'm so excited that you're listening to our church podcast. I pray that it blesses you and encourages your faith. Hey, we have a special treat with you, for you this morning. Uh, we have a special guest who is my buddy. I love this guy. He is, um, I love him for a few reasons. I really like him and love him because he's actually very, very authentic. How many of y'all, how many of y'all just like me, you don't got no time for no fakeness. Come on, somebody. You ain't got no, no time for just no real people or fake people, all right? Uh, not me either. Pastor neither, all right? I'd be like, bye. Oh, no, anyway. <laughs> all right. Uh, this man is a, a very authentic man. He and his wife uh, are coming from Anaheim, California, the second best city in the world, all right? I, I sat, I'm saddened to say this, but he is an uh, angel fan and a Mighty Ducks fan, but who are they? No one really cares about them, right? But uh, they're all right, I guess. Anyway, hey, would you guys give a warm welcome, a big cheer, big clap to my friend, Pastor Israel Lazo? Awesome. Oh, wow. Um, how do I follow up with that? I'm trying to think of a good comeback to make fun of the Dodgers, but they're doing pretty well. Um, but we got trout, so I'm happy. Um, Pastor Michael, thank you for inviting me to come. Um, you guys, you and Korean are just amazing people. Um, my wife wish she could be here, but she is sending her love. And every time I come here to the Colin Church, uh, it's always special. I feel like family. And when I see people and, I, and I, they remember me, and I'm like, oh, you, you know, you remember me. I feel special. I can tell my mom that they remember me, mom. I'm somebody. And um, it makes me feel really good. So thank you, uh, Pastor, for inviting me. As soon as I saw your text, I responded in my head. Um, it took me a while to actually text him back. I totally forgot. Have you ever done that? You know, when you're like, hey, can you come preach? I'm like, for sure, absolutely. I put my phone back in. And I, I had plans. I told my wife, I won't, Sunday I'm going to be here. And I already made arrangements, and um, I didn't text him back. And so he would probably, I was like, I hope he didn't find somebody else. So I texted him back. I said, bro, I responded mentally, but totally forgot to do it physically. And um, he understood. But um, I'm, I'm just so happy to be here. And, and then Pastor Michael over here talking about spicy chicken deluxe from Chick-fil-A, knowing good and well that Chick-fil-A is closed today. And that is not, that's not right, man. That's not right. So now I want a spicy chicken sandwich, and I can't even go there. So now i got to go to McDonald's and get a spicy chicken sandwich, and it's not the same. Um, oh, well. Darn. Can I share a word with you today? Uh, I'm going to invite you to open your Bibles to uh, Luke chapter 5. Luke chapter 5, and I, I'm, really, I'm really excited to share this with you. It's something that God put on my heart, especially as we're entering into this uh, Easter season and, you know, Easter's right around the corner. Um, I just, I'm believing for great, great things for the Calling Church and, uh, and for my church as well. You know, I think this is, our, this is our Super Bowl. This is what we live for. This is like, yes, people are going to get saved on Sunday. And uh, so we get really excited. And uh, as we're leading up into this, I'm like, you know, what? I just want to encourage the church. I just want to encourage people and uh, maybe people who have been coming to church for a long time, you're not quite sure why you're here, but you're here, or, or maybe you've been here for a long time and you're still waiting on God to confirm something in your life. I, I pray that, that this um, message be something that inspires you and, and encourages you. And um, like, I, like I said just at the beginning, my wife, she couldn't be here today. We have our service at 2 o'clock today, 
And so um, she's with our daughter, eight months old. And um, she, little Charlotte Grace, can we show a picture of her? No, you don't have a picture of her. Uh, <laughs> I got a picture on my phone. I'll just go like this. Um, Charlotte Grace, and she's, oh, I miss my baby. I feel so weird that I'm here without her. And, um, but uh, she sends her love, and uh, she slept in this morning, so she whatever, it's fine. I had to wake up early, and I had to drive all the way over here, so she's fine. Now I don't miss her anymore. Now I'm mad. Like, wait, no, you know what? Whatever. Um, but let, let's, let's dive into this. I'm going I'm to read this uh, passage, and then we're going to pray. Uh, Luke chapter 5, and we're going to start at verse 1. So one day, as Jesus was preaching on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, great crowds pressed in on him to listen to the word of God. He noticed two empty boats at the water's edge, for the fishermen had left them and were washing their nets. Stepping into one of the boats, Jesus asked Simon, its owner, to push it out into the water. So he sat in the boat, and he taught the crowds from there. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Now go out where it is deeper and let down your nets to catch some fish. Master, Simon replied, We worked hard all last night and didn't catch a thing. But if you say so, how many of you have ever done that before? But if you say so, I used to say that a lot with my parents. I don't want it, but if you say so. If you say so, I'll let the nets down again. And this time their nets were so full of fish they began to tear. A shout for help brought their partners in the other boat, and soon both boats were filled with fish and on the verge of sinking. When Simon Peter realized what had happened, he fell to his knees before Jesus and says, Oh, Lord, please leave me. I'm such a sinful man. For he was awestruck by the number of fish they had caught, as, the, as were the others with him. His partners, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, were also amazed. Jesus replied to Simon, Don't be afraid. From now on, you'll be fishing for people. And as soon as they landed, they left everything and followed Jesus. Let's pray real quick. Father, we just, we thank you because we believe that you work in moments. And this is a moment right here, right now. We thank you for this moment. We thank you because right now you are about to speak into our lives and radically transform us forever. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. How many of you here today are, are homeowners? How many homeowners in the house? Anybody? Or a couple, a couple people. How many are renting? Renting, renters. Yes, that's a lot more renters. Okay, I'm renting too. And uh, my mother-in-law, how many of you have mother-in-laws? Oh, that is, how many of you are a mother-in-law? Oh, okay. Um, so, I, I, this is, so my mother-in-law, um, she's a wonderful, wonderful lady. Uh, I love her to death. But um, she can be a little crazy sometimes. Uh, but, but I love her. And uh, so we've been renting for about three years now since we've been married, my wife and I. And um, my, my mother-in-law, she's like pushing us to get a house. Like you need to be, you need, you need to be a homer because you're throwing your money away. Have you ever heard of that one before? You're throwing your money away. I'm like, listen, they got a racquetball court and they've got a gym and like I'm not throwing it away. It's great. And she's like, no, 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 you're throwing your money away. You need to, you need to get into a house. So much that she's like, we will help with the down payment. I'm like, ooh, you know, sometimes the devil will creep in and try to, you know. And so uh, it's, it was tempting, but I like where we are. And so she's been, she's been really pushing us to, to get a house. And uh, my wife and I, for such a long time, we were just like, no, that's not for us. Not yet. We'll get there right now. You know, you're trying to work out your finance. I got to check in the savings. And I got to, the way I got to transfer my money, it takes three, two to three business days. You know, it takes a while. And so, 
But lately, you know, with, with our daughter, Charlotte Grace, and she's getting big. And I, I mean, what eight, what eight month old needs that many toys? Really? I, she only plays with two of them, but we've got a hundred. And I don't understand that. But we're running out of space. And now my wife, my sister just had a, a baby on Thursday. So I'm an uncle again. And um, yeah, I don't clap for her. She's far away. And so... <laughs> So I'm like, I'm like, this, you know, it's great. And then, but the problem is that my wife, you know, sees the baby. And she goes, I want another one. And I'm like, we're still trying to figure out this one. You know, let's, let's take it one step at a time here. I'm still trying to learn how to change a diaper. Like, bear with me. Don't, don't put another one on me here yet. I'm not ready. Men, you know what I'm talking about? Uh, you know, and so see the way my finances are set up. I check in my savings. I can't have another baby right now. And so we're trying to work through that. But we know that we want to. And so we said, you know what? Let's make it a goal that uh, by next year, we can go buy a house. And, and let's, you know, like it's that easy. We're going to go buy a house next year. And um, so we're, we're really excited for that. But with that, you know, when you're married, you start dreaming and you start thinking about what your home is going to look like and, and how special it is to have your own place. And so we drive around sometimes. We drive around through the city and the neighborhoods, and we try to, try to find that house, you know, just, just to see what it would feel like or what it, what it looks like. And so now sometimes we go through the neighborhoods, and uh, I'll, it's kind of like a game we play is wherever we're driving, I'll just be like, how about that house? How about that house right there? Like, what if we lived in that house? And what I learned through this process is that my wife, as humble as she is and as amazing as she is, um, she's a little high maintenance sometimes. And I'm starting to realize that. And I'll be like, how about this house? And, and she looks at the house. And she, she looks on the outside of the house. And if it has a lot of bushes or if, it, if you know, the trees cover the house, whatever it is, she's like, mm, I don't know if I like that or the neighborhood. Uh. But then, like, if we get, like, to a two-story house, it's painted all nice, and it has, like, you know, all the works on it. She goes, oh, I'm like, how about that house? She doesn't care about the neighborhood anymore. She doesn't care about where it's at. She's like, that's a big house, and I like that house. And so I'm, I'm starting to learn my wife in that area. And so one day we were driving, driving through uh, Orange. If you've ever been through the city of Orange, it's beautiful. It's very historic, and have a lot of old homes that look really nice. And so we're driving through the city. And I, I point out this house, ugly, ugly house, right? It was not pretty at all. But it, it, I, I saw potential in it. I, I saw, you know, guys, we, I'm just like, you know what, what it could be right now. I, I see the house, but I know that I can hire my father-in-law to come and fix everything, you know? I, uh, I, know he'll, I know he'll enjoy that project. And so I'm looking at this house, and I say, you know, what about that house? And she's just like, nah, I don't like it. Again, she's looking for, you know, the Kardashian house, and I'm just looking for, like, a regular house. And I'm like, you know, but think about what that house could be if we were to put in the work, if we were to, if we were to, you know, to step on that property, it was our home and we take ownership of it and we can just completely, you know, transform it. Think about what it could be. I know right now, you know, you're looking on the outside of the house and you're looking at the ugliness of the house. But if we can put in the work, this house has potential. And when I said that, I, I convinced her. The house isn't even for sale. But when I said that, she was like, wow, yeah, I see it now. I, I see what it could be. I, I, I see what you mean if we can take this out. And we just started designing this house that's not even for sale. But, but we, we, we had a vision of what that home could look like. And as I read this story, I, I, I see how Jesus is now giving us a picture of how he views purpose in our life. And the title of my message today is On Purpose, With Purpose. I believe that this story is placed in the Bible for a very specific reason, and it's to show us 
that Jesus isn't so much looking on the outside. He's not looking uh, at what we think we need to see or what we need to notice. But Jesus is looking at something a lot deeper. And there, there, there's a reason why you're here today. There is purpose behind why you're here today. You are here on purpose. You, you woke up today with the intention that you were coming to church, whether you wanted to or not. You woke up today, you took a shower, I hope. You brushed your teeth, I hope. You ate some breakfast, you got the kids ready, you got, and you had an intention on purpose, you came to church today. Now, if, and if you were walking by and you saw and you heard some noise and you're like, I'm going to go check, you still walked in on purpose. It wasn't by accident. You strolled around by accident, but you walked in here on purpose. And I believe that God has a purpose for your life. Maybe right there where you are, you don't know what that is yet. Maybe you, you're still trying to discover what that purpose is. Maybe, maybe you know that, okay, I know I need to take a step. I just don't know what direction to take that step. And I, I pray that this message here today would inspire you because Jesus in this story, he's, he's setting up these men here for their purpose and they didn't even realize it. And I believe that by you being here today, God is setting you up for your purpose, even if you don't realize it yet. God is working his purpose out in you right now, even if you don't notice. But I want to just go over some, some principles of purpose. And I know that might sound a little too churchy or whatever, principles of purpose. I don't know. I should write a book. I don't know. It's not even that good. It just sounds good. But I just want to talk about purpose today. Can we do that? As we break down this story, uh, there's so much we can learn from what Jesus did when it relates to uh, this idea of purpose. The first thing I want to share with you is that just like the house that we were looking at, purpose doesn't always look like much. At the very beginning, when you look at it, purpose probably doesn't look like much. And as we, as we read here in the verse, it says, He noticed two empty boats on the water's edge, for the fishermen had left them there. And they were washing their nets. Stepping into one of the boats, Jesus asked Simon, its owner, to push it out into the water. Here's what I love about this. Jesus is surrounded by a bunch of crowds. He's trying to preach the gospel. And out of all the people that are there, he notices emptiness. Out of all the problems and the situations and, and, and people trying to hear a message and people trying to, to get their healing and, and, and me and me and, and what about me? And, and, and that moment, Jesus was not so much focused on the people. He noticed emptiness. He noticed that there were two boats on the side that were empty. And when Jesus saw emptiness, he saw opportunity. I wonder how many of us today walked in here feeling empty, feeling like there's something inside of us that's missing. That, like, what is my purpose? What, what is it that's not, that, that, that hasn't connected yet? What is it that, that I'm missing? What's the missing link? I, I feel empty. Yeah, I know about Jesus, and yeah, I go to church, but there's still something inside me that hasn't been fulfilled yet. I'm telling you right now where you are, Jesus notices you. And when he notices you, he sees opportunity. It's up to us to realize that there is an emptiness inside of us. There's, there's something that, that's, that's yearning for more. There's something inside of us that, man, I, I, I can do something more. I, I'm not here to fill a pew. I'm here to fulfill a purpose. I, I, I have to have something inside of me. I got I to gotta do something. There, there, there's something inside of me that needs to be filled and Jesus notices that emptiness, and he wants to fill it. And so he steps out, and 
he goes and he says, hey, he gets into, that's what I love about it. And, you know, as preachers, and I, I don't know if you do this the same, but, like, we notice every single word in the Bible. Like, we're just like, that means something. And uh, we'll look for a different translation to make it mean something. We're like, I like this. And so he says, because he, he sees the emptiness, he sees the opportunity. And in verse 3, stepping into one of the boats. And, and I just love that he steps into it. Where our emptiness is, Jesus wants to step into it. Uh, God, in our weakness, he'll step into it. Where we don't have the answers, he'll step into it. That's what he loves to do. He loves to partner with us when we allow him to. He'll see an opportunity, but he won't move until you allow him to. He, 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 he sees emptiness, he steps into it, and then he asks for permission. Hey, can you go out a little bit further? Come on, if we can partner together, I, I want to help you fill that emptiness. And so purpose doesn't always look like much, but God sees potential. God sees what it, what it could be in the future. The second thing I want to share with you is your purpose will require obedience. Your purpose will require obedience. So he said to Simon, after he gets onto the boat, he said to Simon, now go out where it's deeper and let down your nets to catch some fish. Master Simon replied, we worked hard all last night and didn't catch a thing. But if you say so, I'll let the nets down again. Here's one thing that we have to understand. Now, I'm not a professional fisherman. I know it doesn't look like it, but I'm not a professional fisherman. Uh, These guys were out all night, the night before, and here they come, and they're washing their nets. Okay? It's a lot of work. This is not just, you know, oh, sure, yeah, let's go throw it again. No, no, This this is a lot of work. Think about the work of a fisherman. Think about what they actually had to go through to all sail all the way back in the shore and now they have to clean their nets from the salt because all the water and the way it would mess up uh, the nets they had to clean it all off and they had to make it fresh again and and get ready for the next day and here's Jesus and he says hey you know what go back out into the water and let's try again now I, I I would be a little frustrated I would be a little I would be a little upset I'd be like no, you don't understand I already cleaned this Parents, I know now, right? My daughter's eight months old, but she knows what she's doing. You know, I already cleaned this. Don't touch it. You know, don't just, just leave it there. My wife, she, she closes down the kitchen at a certain hour. You know what I'm saying? It's like, it's nine o'clock. I'm like, man, I can really go for a bowl of cereal. The kitchen is closed. I'm like, yeah, but it's literally just a bowl and a spoon. Then you will wash that bowl and spoon and you will put, I'm like... And then, guys, you have to wonder, like, is it worth the risk there? How hungry am I? Right? But, but the kitchen's closed. Why? Because I don't want to do it again. I already cleaned the house. You can't put your shoes there. You can't put your clothes there. I already cleaned the house. I don't want to do it again. And so here's these guys. They've already cleaned their nets, and they don't want to go out into the ocean again, especially after a bad day. They didn't catch anything. They were out there and they were working all day trying to catch fish and had no luck. And now they come back and Jesus is telling them to go back again. And they're like, no, I don't want to. You don't understand. I've already, I've already done that. Frustrated. Tired. 
out in the sun all day, sitting there, waiting, and not seeing any result. Have you ever, have you ever felt that way before? You ever felt where you've put in all the work, where you've done as much as you can, and you still feel like God hasn't answered your prayer? You feel like, man, like, like, man what, what am I doing wrong? Uh, God, I've been trying. God, I've been going to church faithfully. God, I've been giving faithfully. God, why, why do I still feel like I, haven't, like I haven't advanced to the next level yet? God, what is it inside of me? What's going on? I, I'm, I'm tired. I'm frustrated. And God says, you know what? Why don't you go to church again on Sunday? Oh, I already went to church last night. And nothing. He just talks about the Dodgers and about Chick-fil-A, and they're closed. I don't understand. Why do I got to go again? knew I'd get you back. <laughs> so God says, go, go try it again. Jesus says, try it again. And how many of us, maybe we've responded like Peter, where we come up with an excuse. God, I've already tried that. I've already done it. And then he just has a moment with, but fine. If you ask me to, I guess I will. And at that moment now, he shifted his attitude towards obedience. And he says, okay, you know what? He's not following Jesus at this moment yet. Right? So he's not some like, like, this is not the Peter that we know later on in the scripture who would die for him. This is the Peter who's like, well, you just got into my boat randomly, and I've heard about you, but now you're telling me. And he's just like, okay, I'm I'm, I'm, going to trust you. We, we've been doing it all day, but if you say so, I will. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a step of faith. I'm going to take a step of obedience here, and I'm going to do what you asked me to do. God will require us to obey. Even when it doesn't make sense sometimes, we got to obey. And I think that's the hard part for us because we think that we have the answers. We think we know, oh God, no, trust me. I no, I already did that. I already tried. No, God, I God, I'm in charge. And God is saying, wait, wait, wait. If you obey me, you'll watch how you begin to fulfill your purpose. The next thing here that Jesus goes on to say, or at least that I've learned from the story is that your purpose will always impact more than yourself. Your purpose will always impact more than yourself. And so they go out there, out into the water, and they put their nets out. And all of a sudden, their boats begin to fill with a bunch of fish. I mean, what, a, what an amazing moment. They're like, oh, I can just imagine like, what that feels like. Like, you were right, master. I'm so happy I listened to you. Have you ever done that where you're like, dang, God, he was right. And, and you, feel, you feel so good in that moment. And they pour out and, and all these fish are coming in. And, and, and the Bible says that a shout for help brought their partners in the other boat. You ever been so excited you got to tell everybody? Like, guys, look at what we got over here. And they're like, I can't hear you. No, the boat over here. No, we're... And they're like far away on the other sides of the lake. Just start rowing over here. We got this. And so then they start coming over. We need help. And we're sinking. Oh, my God. And so then they come over and they get some fish on them. And then they start sinking. What are you doing? Now we're sinking. Oh, my God. It's chaos. There's fish everywhere. And they're having like this is an amazing miracle for them. This is they don't care that they're sinking. They're just they're so excited that. Wow. You understand this is their livelihood. This isn't just, oh, cool, we caught fish today because I bought a Groupon and we came out fishing and we didn't find anything. 
This is their life. This is their business. And, and right here, God was using their workplace for their purpose. Don't think that because you're at a nine to five job that you don't have a purpose. That is your purpose right there, right where you are. Boom, where God has put me here in this moment, in this season, in this time, at this office, in this desk, at this time, with that boss and that supervisor and that coworker. I'm here for a reason. And I'm going to work it. This is their place of business. And now God is pouring out a blessing over their business because they were obedient and faithful to it. And it started to impact other people, other friends. Everybody started coming closer. Everybody, I want some of that fish. Boom. And now because of their obedience, their purpose started to bless other people. Can I tell you right now that whatever purpose God has placed in your life, it is meant to go further than this building. It's not meant to just be here on a Sunday morning. It's meant to go further. It's meant to, to, to reach out to people outside of this building, to impact lives. Whatever your purpose is, it is to impact more than yourself. Peter's purpose in that moment wasn't just for his boat and his fish, but because of his obedience, everybody got a piece of the pie. Yeah, that's beautiful. When we listen to God, we, we get excited when he does amazing things. The other day, I, I, I celebrate in the small stuff too, but the other day I'm driving home from work. And, uh, I, you know, I, I'm driving through the streets because sometimes the streets are a little, a little easier to get home than it is on the freeway, and even in Orange County. And so, uh, you know, we're, 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 I'm driving through here. I got my daughter in the back seat, and it's like a, through Santa Ana. I don't know if you've ever been to Santa Ana. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, <laughs> A little scary in Santa Ana, but um, and so I'm, I'm going to Santa Ana. It's like a it's a it's a, a two two lane street, and um, you know there's a, there's lights every ten feet, and you're just like oh I can't go anywhere. And so I'm on this I'm on this lane, and I I don't like traffic. I don't know if you like traffic. I don't like traffic. Uh, and so I, I get really you know I get frustrated in traffic, and I'm trying to like swerve around people. I'm praying for them as I'm passing, them, but I'm just trying to get around people, right? Uh, I just, just get out of my way, you know. I, I, trust me, where I'm going is more important than where you're going, and I need to get around. And so I, I'm, I'm driving through, and, uh, and so I get, I get in this lane that seems to be going a little faster. And so I, I get in that lane, and I see, you know, have you ever just gotten in the lane, and there's like a good length of nothing in front of you? You're like, oh, it just feels good. And everybody's stopped on the left, and you're just going to pass everybody. And so I love that feeling. And so I get into that lane. And as I get into that lane, I, I kid you not, I just hear, I hear a voice, and it just says, get back in the slow lane. And I'm like, <laughs> like, no, <laughs> that's, you know, I can't do that. That's, that's no way. And he's like, just get back in the slow lane. And um, I, I was conflicted. I was conflicted there because I wanted to get home. I, you know, I have my daughter. It's been a long day, and I don't like traffic. And so I, I finally, like, you know what? Man, this is like, what if there's something ahead? Have you ever thought about that? Like, what if God is trying to prevent, you know, the cliche thing? Like, oh, there's an accident, you know. And so I get into the slow lane again, and, and I'm slowing down, and it's like, ah, oh, what am I doing? And the lane is so tempting. You just want to get into it. And so finally, uh, we make it to a red light, and I'm just sitting there. And the light turns green, and I start going and on that lane where I was, this other car comes super fast and slams into the car right next to me where I would have been if I was in that lane. So the whole cliche, like, what if there's an accident? It was real. 
It was real. And he slammed into the car next to me. And I couldn't believe it. And I was like, oh. And I thought to myself, okay, either I have spidey sense or, or that was God talking to me. And uh, I was like, you know what? Uh, spidey sense sounds so cool, but I'm going to say it's God talking to me. And, and so I got so excited in that moment. I was like, wow, God, you saved me. Like, you saved my life. Like, I mean, okay, probably not my life, but like, you saved my car. Like, you know, it's a big deal because it wasn't that hard of a hit. Anyway, uh, you weren't there. You don't know. It was, but, you know, sometimes it's like, it was like a little bump, but you're like, oh my gosh, my life, my neck. Oh. And so I was like, wow, how cool is that? Not for them, but cool for me that God spoke to me and he saved me from that. But it took me to obey in order to avoid trouble. Even when we don't want to, even when it's difficult, even when it doesn't make sense, and you're like, no, but God, there's an open lane. You don't understand traffic. Like, Jesus was never in traffic. They're walking around everywhere. They have a whole land to move around. I'm, I'm stuck in traffic. And no, Jesus understands. He knows. And he says, hey, just move over to the slow lane. Just, just obey. When I speak, just do it. And so when I did it, it was so exciting. And that's what these men did. They, they understood that. If they would just obey and they would listen, their purpose would impact more than themselves. The next thing that I, I, I really love is that purpose happens on purpose. Purpose happens on purpose. Jesus replied to Simon. He says, don't be afraid. From now on, you'll be fishing for people. And so now, right there in that moment, Jesus Gives him his purpose. He says it out loud. Don't be afraid. From now on, you're going to be fishing for people. This is your purpose now. In verse 11, as soon as they landed, as soon as they got back to that beach, they left everything and followed Jesus. There was intentionality. There, 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 was, there was, when we get when we get back to that beach, I'm leaving everything on purpose. It wasn't an accident. They had to make a conscious decision to follow Jesus on purpose. I'm leaving my job on purpose. I'm leaving my livelihood on purpose. I'm stepping into what God has for me on purpose. Jesus gives them their purpose and says, hey, this is what I'm calling you to do. And they're saying, I purposely want to do that. They followed their purpose on purpose. They were intentional about it. How many of us are just waiting for a sign? Waiting for God to, to do something. God's going to put it all together for me. And then, and then I just, man, I wish it was that easy. I wish that. God would just set up this whole place every Sunday morning. Wouldn't that be nice? You just walked in, and as soon as you, everything was set up, sound worked perfectly, everything was, wow. Well, that's not the way that it works. Right? God gives the purpose for the calling church, but it takes people who are intentionally on purpose here. I'm here with a purpose. On purpose. 
I'm here intentionally. I'm here to help set up anything I can. I, I'm here to, set, to plug in, leaving the smallest thing that people forget. I'm here to set up the sign. I'm here to take out whatever I need to from the truck. I'm here to put it all. I, I, I'm here. We are here on purpose, with a purpose. And that is to see Pasadena change and transform. And if it means I got to do something small, I'll do it. it. It might not look like much. My purpose might not look like much. But my purpose requires obedience. And I'm going to step into it as small as it may be. And we're going to make a difference in our city. That's what it comes down to. That's my purpose. That's our purpose. Our purpose is to be fishers of men. Our purpose is to see souls saved forever. If you're sitting on your pew and you're thinking, what's my purpose? What's my purpose? Let me tell you, a purpose is not a career path. A purpose is not what you think it is. A purpose is what God has called you to do, and that is to save the lost. Now, whatever outlet that looks like, that's, that's different. That, that you, got, you got to pray on God and ask him what that is. But, but purpose, I'll tell you, your purpose right now, your purpose is to save souls. That's what Jesus said. Notice he, he doesn't look at, at Peter and say, hey, Peter, your purpose is to um, follow me and, um, and, uh, and, and make a church. We're going to make a church someday. That's not the first thing out of his mouth. The first thing out of his mouth is, I'll make you fishers of men. You know what this tells me is that God's priority is souls. God's priority, God's heart is to see people choose Jesus. And that's why we're here. The outlet on which we do it is, is an awesome, amazing Sunday experience. And people come and they hear the gospel of Jesus and we're all here. We all play a big part of it. But man, our end game is to see souls saved. Our purpose is to see lives transformed forever and lastly one of my one of my favorites here is you don't need to have it all together to have a purpose you don't need to have it all together to have a purpose after all of this when Simon realized what had happened he fell to his knees before Jesus and said oh Lord please leave me I'm such a sinful man. He looks at Jesus and says, huh? I'm not good enough. I'm not. He, he obeyed. He followed Jesus. He did the right thing. He come to my boat. I'll take you. I'll listen. And even at that, he felt like, wow, I'm not worthy of this. I'm a sinful, I'm a sinful person. I don't belong in your circle. I don't belong part of your plan. I'm not good. You, you need to leave me. And Jesus, that's when Jesus responds and says, no, no, no. I'm going to make you fishers of men. You don't have to have it all together. You probably walked in here today and you said, man, I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not even worthy to be in church today. Man, I'm not even worthy. I don't know why, I don't know why I'm here. Maybe some of you, you've been serving on the team for a while and you're like, I don't, I'm not worthy to be on this team. I'm not worthy to serve under this church. I, man, I'm such a sinful person. Man, Pastor, if you only knew what I did last night. 
Pastor, if you only knew what I did last week. Pastor, if you only knew what I was struggling with on the inside. If you only knew the, the battle that's in my mind every single day. Pastor, if you only knew. I'm such a sinful man. I, I don't belong here. Jesus' response to that is, yes, you do. In fact, you need to be here. In fact, I want you to be here. I need people like you. I need everybody. I, I, I need a church that's willing to say, yes, count with me. And when we humble ourselves in those positions and say, God, I'm, I'm a sinner, and we admit we have emptiness, what do we know that Jesus loves to do? He loves to step into emptiness. When we admit that, God, I'm a sinner, oh, that gets Jesus so excited because he goes, perfect. I got the perfect cure, me. You feel like you're a sinner? Perfect, because your sin is not greater than your Savior. I can step in and I can take care of that. Oh, you, you, think, you think that's too big? Oh, you think that's too far? Not even close. I can cover that. Oh, my blood can take care of that. Oh, don't worry. My grace will cover that. Oh, oh don't worry. I can, I can turn that heart. Oh, that's not a problem. I can, I can fix your eyes on Jesus. Oh, don't worry. I can, I can turn your mind around. Don't, if, you, if you just give me an empty vessel, if you give me that boat, I'll step into it and I'll change your life. Don't worry. Just, just open that emptiness up to me and I'll take care of the rest. And so right now with every head bowed and every eye closed, this is your moment. This is your moment. Father, we just thank you for this time that you've given us. We thank you because you're speaking to us now. We thank you because each and every one of us have a purpose. Our purpose is to save souls. Our purpose is to see lives change. We thank you because you gave your son Jesus for us. Right now with every head bowed and every eye closed, and maybe this, this message tugged on you today. Maybe you were just like, wow, I, I needed to hear that. I, I have a purpose. Wow, I didn't know. I, I thought I was just a sinner, but I guess, I guess there's something more to life. I guess there is hope for my emptiness. I, I guess there is a, an antidote for my sickness. I guess there is, there, there is something for me. There is a Savior who loves me enough. I'm here to tell you that is the truth. And if that's you here today and you want to make that decision to follow Jesus, just like those men did and say, you know what, yeah. I'm in, I'm, on purpose today, I'm choosing Jesus. Not by accident, on purpose. I'm, I'm declaring on purpose that I'll, I want to follow Jesus. If that's you, and you want to make that declaration to follow Jesus, with nobody looking around, just you, if you want, if you could just lift your hand right there where you are, I want to pray for you. Anybody here? I see one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Hands all over. Keep your hands up. Anybody else? Come on, I'm, I'm seeing hands still go up. This is your moment. This is your moment. Jesus has been tugging on your heart all week long, all to lead to this moment right now. Anybody else? Wonderful. Wonderful. Let's all just pray this prayer together. If you raise your hand, just you can repeat after me or you can say it from your heart as long as it means something to you. And Maybe you didn't raise your hand. That's okay. You can still... Declare this prayer over your life today, and that's fine. We'll just repeat after me. Just say, Jesus, thank you because you chose me. Thank you because I have a purpose. And I know I'm a sinner. I know I've messed up, but I'm inviting you into my emptiness. Forgive me of my sins. 
and make me brand new. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for listening to today's message. I pray that it blessed you. It's so vital to do life together. That's why I would love to invite you to The Calling Church. Bring a friend. We would love to meet you. Also, stay connected to our church via our website, The Calling Church app, or our social media. God bless you.